Sergeant, make it spin. Spin? S sir, it doesn't spin. What? It has to spin. It's round. But spinning is so much cooler than not spinning. I'm the general. I want it to spin. Now. Yes, sir. Hey, look at that. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm David. And this is The Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. We are a semi-regular podcast uh, where we talk about the plot points of recent episodes or older episodes of the show, or in this case, just sort of the people, the way people die and how maybe they get better, you know, because it's sci-fi, so not every time, they don't always, you know, stay dead. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes but, uh, they come back. Indeed. Uh, so this is also a show that uh, we're going to hopefully be pointing out various things in these episodes uh, that foreshadow other things, and so you could be should be paying attention to these things as you rewatch and rewatch and rewatch the show. Yes, because we all rewatch and rewatch, rewatch, rewatch and rewatch. <laughs> yes, and sometimes we don't talk very well either. But yeah, Zach and I have both watched the series many times, and. There's a lot of trivia to dig into these, so we can be a bit trivia-obsessive, too. And like those little details, knowing they may become important. And I like researching stuff, so that's always fun for me. And I have to say, I am thrilled that you like to research things. And I am thrilled that, that you uh, have taken it upon yourself to, to put together the show notes for this. Uh, because... A, I love listening to you find all of these trivia things because I enjoy them, but I don't have the time to dig into them. Uh, and so I love that. Um, now that And that is what makes this podcast, I think, more or less different than the Walking Through the Stargate podcast. And that one, Brent and I are going to review each episode. And of course, Brent hasn't seen any of them up to where we are. And so he doesn't know the future. And so we try to keep things, uh, you know, future details uh, hidden from him, spoiler-free to keep him there. Uh, but that's not what we are going to be doing here. Right. So uh, if you don't want spoilers, don't listen. Just, you know, hit stop right now and walk away because we're going to spoil the heck out of the rest of the series of SG-1 and into Atlantis for this one because, you know, we're going to talk about characters dying, beloved characters who they can't kill daniel jackson yeah they killed daniel jackson well sort of um so they've killed him many times yes but sometimes more seriously than others <laughs> True. but you know sometimes dead is better well there you go so you get you know if you're dead you get really great scripts sometimes yeah so as we'll well we'll talk more about exactly what we're going to do here but you know how do they contact us you can do a lot of ways to contact us. One way you can email us. Oh, oh, email, uh, email. Okay, I've been working on this for a while, so I'm gonna give okay. you, I'm gonna give you something you've been asking for for years of someone to give you an email jingle. Okay, all right, okay. here we go. So, ready? Give me a beat. All right. W A L K T H R O U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com I'm not a great singer, but you know, it's been going through my head for a long time. Well, there you go. So what you need to do now is clean that up <laughs> and, you know, polish it up a little bit, you know, get a little backbeat under there, you know, 
you know, whatever. I don't know, whatever. You do whatever you need. Or, or you know, you pull out your old WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, see, so you uh, caught the lines. riff, didn't you? You know, I caught that. Um, and, and, you know, you build that up, and we can totally use that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, okay, so, dear Patreon listeners and other listeners, because we'll eventually, you'll get to hear this eventually, if this inspires you, go for it. Or if you want to subscribe to the Patreon even more just to force me to clean that up and make a proper production out of it, Ooh, go ahead, you know. That works, too. Give us enough votes, we'll work on it. Yep. Um, so you can email us, of course, at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. We also have our website, wtts.space. Dot space. Um, dot space. Or walkingthroughthestargate.com. Um, I, I will say that uh, not too long ago, I joined a uh, Stargate Facebook group based out of, um, mostly based out of uh, Australia. Right. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some of the guys and I mentioned that I do this podcast and they're like, oh, here, uh, you know, go ahead and pimp it out and, and talk about it. And I'm like, well, OK. And so I wrote a little comment there and I realized that the walking through the Stargate dot com domain was a lot easier to put in there and then have Facebook automatically put the link there than WTTS.space. So I am thankful that that we also have the dot com. But WTTS.space is still cool. Yes, it is indeed. And uh, you can also message Brent on Twitter at, at @stargatewalking, and who knows, he may respond to you as well. It's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I try to keep an ear to an ear to Twitter, but uh, it doesn't happen as he, often. He does an occasional non-podcast related tweet. Ah, well, there you go. Of course, I think I've done five tweets in my lifetime, so I'm not really one to talk. Right, right. Um, and of course, you're listening to this, and this is a Patreon uh, special podcast. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate and join us there if you haven't already. Uh, and a special thank you for those of you who are Patreon supporters and are making things like this episode and uh, this podcast work. So, Absolutely, and along with the other Patreon podcast, Stargate's, uh, Stargate Second Chances, where you can force Zach and Brent to rewatch an episode and rethink it and maybe give it a better review or a worse review or just an updated review within the context of everything they've seen up to now. So yep. get on there, vote for what you want them to rewatch, except for... And? I can't remember that episode. I don't think it deserves a rewatch. Oh, well, we won't talk about that one. Yeah, no, it doesn't exist. Um, no, but um, I will say that uh, when I send those emails out, you know, fill them out and you just, just hit reply and just type this episode and then I'll take care of it from there. Uh, we do want your votes, Patreon listeners, so right. uh, uh, please uh, go ahead and do that. Which reminds me, I need to get my April uh, uh, emails out, and I will. Now, this show so. will eventually hit the main feed as well. So for all of you that are listening in the future, um, let us know what else you'd like to hear in the future. Uh, because we're always looking for ideas. Usually it's just uh, Zach and I trying to come up with new ideas of what we're going to talk about. Sometimes Julie chimes in from the background. You should talk about this. Like this That's episode. True. That's true. But And so for all you Patreon listeners and everyone else, you know, hit us up. Let us know stuff you want us to dive into. Uh, 
and said, I'm happy to look into whatever might be interesting. I've had a few ideas I look through and go, nah, that's just not that interesting. And I've had a few others that's like, this is cool. So, you know, yeah. hit us up. Let me know what we can look into. And yep. uh, we'll take it from there. Yep. So as we kind of alluded to at the beginning, this is an episode that we are talking about death. 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 Um, and of course, the, the big news for uh, walking through the Stargate is that uh, we just recently watched Meridian where Daniel Jackson dies or and or ascends or, you know, kind of, well, he does die, but yeah. he also ascends. Right. Um, and of course, Michael Shanks leaves the show um, and such. Um, and so that got us thinking about uh, who other, which other characters die, how often do they die, what happens, what are the context and the, the situations around there. How long do uh, they stay dead? Absolutely, all those questions. So that is what we are going to dig into today. Right. Uh, now, if you think of it, um, I was looking through it, and it's like almost every main character on SG-1, except two, and we'll talk about that as well, have died on the show. Sometimes it's like for five minutes. Sometimes it's for a whole season. Sometimes it's like, oh, they're they're not coming back. And that's not just SG-1. Uh, Atlantis and I think Universe of All had killed off main characters at some point and also brought them back. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them was brought back because of fan reaction. They just didn't realize the impact of this character's death would have on the fandom. And they, uh, this is mostly in pre or pre-internet as we know it day so it was they got a big letter writing campaigns how dare you kill off bring him back and they went oh shoot i'm sorry here he's back <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I remember watching that and we'll talk more about that yeah. but that was uh, a shocking moment at the yeah. end of that episode absolutely um, yep and um, this show will probably be a little bit different from some of the other ones where we just kind of go in chronological order talking about the episodes and interesting stuff from that episode. This one we're going to focus more on the characters and that impact. You know, we're trying to work on our format here as well. And we're yeah. also not going to consider alternate reality deaths because that's just way too many to talk about. Because, you know, if it's in an alternate reality, there's no impact of killing off the character other than, oh, alternate Samantha Carter died. Oh, well, oh. we still have ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So main timeline deaths only. And it's all about how did the death affect the primary storyline, if it did at all. Yep. Um, and for this podcast, we're going to be focusing also on primarily SG-1 and Atlantis. Uh, that's for a couple of reasons. One, my knowledge of universe is small still, because it's been a very, very long time since I've seen what I have seen of it. And uh, then because it was only on for two years, there aren't a whole lot of character deaths worth talking about yeah, at this point they, time. they didn't have a chance to get to the beloved character dies on Universe. It was kind of like, oh, that guy died. Okay. So, right. Yeah. So we'll just stick to that. And again, most of it's probably going to be around SG-1. I've got three we'll talk about in Atlantis. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I look forward to hearing your background facts on all of these things. Yeah, I'll start you off with a trivia question. Or okay. maybe is, uh, who hasn't died on SG-1? And I so, can give you a hint, but you know. Yeah. Well, so, you know, here I am. I'm looking at yeah, the, the show notes, and so I can see the answer. But I'm trying to think if um, I would have been able to figure this out on my own. Um, you know... One of them is Jonas Quinn. Jonas Quinn never dies in the show. Right. Uh, he does get his genes scrambled to 
yeah, high but, heaven. Yeah, um, there's no death for him. That's even true. a short term. Uh, he also gets that brain tumor that nearly kills him. Yeah. Um, but no death. Right. And Cameron Mitchell, I'm actually a little bit surprised that he never dies. Yeah, um, I'm too, and it took a little going through. I mean, I think there are some alternate realities where things have changed, but he's even still alive in those. But again, he was only a two-season character, just right. like Jonas was a one-season character, and it wouldn't as, would not have been as big a shake-up to say, we're killing Cameron Mitchell in this episode. It was like, oh yeah, right. the new guy. So, so I do have a question. So, when he was with the the Sodan, um, was he presumed dead for a while? Um, I'd I have mean, it's to not go... quite the same thing, but that I'd have to go back and look up. That's a plot yeah, I point. I remember. I'm, I'm not. It's not in my head right now. All right. So, Patreon listeners and everybody else, if you know that answer, let us know. Yep, we'd love that. Okay. Uh, so, which character should we start with you want to start little and work our way up to the big ones sure we can do that we can do that um let's go so, with how about teal first because he's a big character but oddly enough he didn't really have any uh dramatic deaths that the characters knew about well there was one um he was killed in demons remember that one with uh mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. unas who my lord Satan demands a sacrifice. That was yes. an interesting episode. Uh, but he died, died in one of the witchcraft trials. You know, if we throw him in the water and he dies, he's not a demon. If he lives, he's a demon. Well, that's helpful. Uh, that, that That's awful. Yeah. I, I, yeah. He was um, apparently killed in that one. It's not really a big impactful death. I mean... The character saw him go in the water and die, and the bubbles went up, and then the bubbles stopped, and they went, oh, oh, Teal's dead. But we, the viewers... And everybody, and everybody thinks, everybody in the show thinks he's dead, um, until, you know, even even uh, O'Neill and Carter and, and Daniel uh, all think that he's dead, until he sits up and, and he's like, I put myself into a deep state of Kelnorim. That's the answer and, to everything, isn't it, Teal? Kelnorim. Well, yeah. Well, you know, but... But he didn't have any candles underwater. Well, you know, the candles are just for the ambience. They're not for the... I mean, you know, it's not like he plugs himself into the candles. Yeah, I know. Okay. Whatever. I don't know. I'm I'm making stuff up, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you were saying? Uh, Yeah, so everybody else thought he was dead. He was in Kelnorim. And, of course, when you're in Kelnorim... Uh, and you have a very, very slow heartbeat, and you don't uh, use as much oxygen as a result of that, so long as you're not uh, stuck in a vacuum that is going to do all sorts of other bad things to your body, uh, that it, it at least is plausible right. that, that that could happen. For me, though, this is uh, what I was trolling Brent with, uh, one of those plot armor deaths that, okay, yeah. we know he's not dead. Because yeah. this is a minor point in a storyline. It's just to drive this story forward. But we're given the impression that he's dead. Impact of the story. Okay, it moved the story forward in that episode. But after that, eh, you know, it's kind of a an interesting episode in that it advances, you know, the Sokar storyline, which, as we know, was a storyline that really kind of fizzled out at the end. It did. It did. It was an interesting oh. premise, but, you know. 
That's about it. It yeah. Uh and frankly, I don't remember what I put a rating on that, but it's not the greatest episode on the planet. No, it it's a, a middling level episode. Yep. It's no um, emancipation, so and it's no Bane on the opposite sides of the spectrum there. So it Well, it, you know, yeah, Bane is the height of television. Yes. You know, um, what could be better than that? Nothing. Yeah. It's the height of television. It is at the summit. So after Teal'c uh, dies there, the next time yes. he died, and this is an implied death because we saw his lifeless body given to Apophis, and we were going, oh no, Teal'c's dead, and we saw him explosions and whatever. That was on Exodus. Right. It's a good chance that he was probably actually dead. Um, I mean, at one point in time later on the series, uh, we do get armor that can take a staff blast, but we don't have that right now at this point in time. So taking a staff blast to the back is good chance that he died. Right. Of course, you know, Apophis, um, and actually it was, um, wasn't it, what, it was uh, Tanith who, yeah, Tanith, who picked him up. Yeah, Tanith presented him to Apophis as a great gift. Right. And we can um, assume, knowing what um, the sarcophagus can do to people, that this is probably part of his brainwashing. Mm, it's like, arise, yeah. Teal'c, you were dead, but your god has brought you back to life. I'm writing the plot, the everything that happened off-camera, and is part of the, you know, turning Teal'c. So, right. it definitely drove and, the plot. And the Exodus is also the final episode of a season, right. isn't it? Right, so we and, had... And so when you we end the season, we end the season with a cliffhanger of, of among other things, O'Neill saying, I think he's dead. Right. Um, and, I, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen that, you know, since I saw it the first time, um, and I wasn't watching it, in, you know, as they were coming out at that time. So I have to imagine that some people asked the question in that hiatus, uh, is Teal'c actually gone? Right. I'm with you. When I was watching it, I was watching it off a DVD so I could just go right to the next episode. So it wasn't uh, two or three months wondering uh, was he dead or not. But it was heavily implied. Yep. We didn't get the mourning period from the characters. We didn't... I don't know if we as the audience got the mourning period to assume he was dead. But, it was, again, yeah, it's the heavily implied death. And they didn't even talk about the turning of Teal'c. It was just, here's his body. Excellent. Yep. And left it at that. And the next time we see him, he is now working for Apophis. Yeah, it's like, wow, Teal'c's alive! Oh, no! Teal'c's alive and he's got a gun! And he's... Tr- oh, dear! So This is bad. Yeah. This it, is really bad. Yeah. So it, w- it was a good plot turn that worked for that episode and for that episode arc. Yep. And then in Threshold, he's brought to the edge of death. We'll talk about a few almost deaths as well. Because it was, if this doesn't work, he's dead. Okay. Hmm. Hope his plot armor's strong enough because they could have killed him off there. They could have. It, it could have ended with, I die free, which it kind of almost did. And then him uh, dying. Yep. And that probably would have been a satisfactory death for the character on the show had they gone that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you would have had to figure out what you're going to do with... I mean, the show would have gone in a radically different direction yeah, it if would they have. killed Teal'c. But, 
uh, that for me that was a moment that that felt um, on the precipice that could have legitimately gone both ways, and you could have seen it going either direction on that. Right, and which makes it uh, while yes, there was plot armor there, um, you know, because of all sorts of things, but it was still it was a good storyline. Um, so when you're using death. In a storyline, this type of thing is is the way to go. Um, when you have something that that you feel that the story could be could go either direction, and it would be satisfying. Right. Now, if they had killed him off, who would you have wanted to replace him? Some other nameless um, Jaffa, or yeah, well, that's in... a good question. Uh, this would have been at the very beginning of season five. Right. It seems you could like... have you could have brought in a Tokra at that point in time. Yeah. That would have been an interesting possibility. They needed um, muscle though. And that's that is true. One of the functions of Teal, because sadly to say, is he, he is the muscle bound guy. Um yeah. It might be int- might have been interesting to bring Ryak on at that point in time. Yeah. He would have been really young. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and we would have gotten a very different story about Ryak right. at that point in time. Um, but that would have been interesting. Um, and what we know about Ryak, you know, if, if he didn't much like the Gulwold in the first place, um, but if his uh, dad dies in this ritual and such. Uh, you could see a lot of tension between him and Apophis, of course, and also him and Braytac, which yeah. would have been some fascinating storyline. Braytac would have been well. an interesting character. I don't know if he would have been good for the entire series run. I mean, we're looking at this retroactively. Right. Because while he was a man of action, he was also a man of thought, I would say. And, you know, he while he was still skilled at combat and the like... Um, I mean, from the first time we meet him, uh, he is an older Jaffa right. who is definitely looking uh, at uh, finding ways other than, you know, hand-to-hand fighting to get stuff done. Yeah, I think if they had killed, killed off Teal'c and tried to bring in another Jaffa, that would not have been a popular move. If, I would agree with that, yeah. Because... Anybody would have been compared to him. Uh, interesting enough, we do have a really good Ryak storyline coming up in uh, actually the beginning of season six with Redemption. They actually mm-hmm. work quite a lot with that character. Yeah. So it's a good storyline there. So I suspect that that Ryak, if you're going to bring in another Jaffa, Ryak or um, at least to start, Ryak and Braytek are really the only options at that point in time in the storyline. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, of characters yeah. we know. But they didn't right. do that, so that's fine. So, yeah. But, and we still have Tilk, so that's wonderful. Right. And then, However, they almost kill him again uh, in Season 6. Is yeah. that correct? It's coming up this season. Uh, so tell, us, tell me about that one. Because uh, I haven't it, seen that in a long, long time. We have the episode Changeling. Now, without ruining the entire plot, um, Braytac, uh, Tilk, and a bunch of other Jaffa lose big time. They get in a fight, you know, battle, and they lose big time. And Brayak loses his, um, oh, his symbiote. His Primta. His Primta, thank you. And Teal'c uses his Primta, uses Junior to sustain both of them. Okay, I've had him for five minutes, it's now your turn. 
to heal them, to sustain them, you know, keep them borderline apply, alive. But the Primtod dies. It, Junior does the job, but at its own expense, which is interesting because we've also had a revelation that um, Junior hates Teal'c. Yeah. So I don't know if he's forcefully moving him back and forth or if the symbiote is willing to do it. I mean, the symbiote needs a host. And if their host is dying, you know, it's going to die as well because it's too weak to live on its own. Mm-hmm. So I haven't watched this episode recently. It's coming up this season. But it would be an interesting look into what's happening with Junior. Is it willingly or is it forced? But again, ultimately, Junior dies, which is kind of like a part of Teal'c dying. Yeah. And this is also part of the Tritonin storyline, where we get yep. Tritonin as the replacement for the Primta. Yep. Uh, this is that moment in the Tritonin storyline where um, I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going to say Tritonin and we're going to move forward. Oh, I guess that's a thing. Because up until this point in time in with Tritonin, it had been introduced um, in the episode Cure, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, it was a couple episodes um, before that. So, but at that point in time, like, well, we got this thing and it kind of works, and we gave a sample to uh, the the Tokra, but and and all of this stuff. But then they're like doing stuff, and in in the final analysis, they're like, well, we've got this Tritonum, and that's just like ground up Gould. Yeah, but where are they getting these Gould? Um, you know, how does this yeah. is all? This is a storyline that is just has once Tritonin is introduced is just kind of um uh glazed over they just kind of accept that it happens that it's there and um where do they find all of this refined you know ground up gould uh if, to make the Tritonin if i remember i think at some point uh the humans come up with a synthetic version of it do they? I think okay. so. I'd have to go back and look because you're right. They would need kind of an endless supply because it's essentially a drug they're taking. It's not yeah. one, one shot and you're good. It's kind of like, no, you take your daily multivitamin of tritonin and vitamin C and vitamin D and you'll be fine. Yep. And I think and they do come up with a synthetic one. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I seem to remember that as a plot point. It's, you know, I'm, as usual, a few episodes ahead of you. I haven't come to that plot point. Um, sure. You know, What's interesting to me as a kind of sideline to this one is a lot of people really don't like season six. I like season six, despite Jonas Quinn. I really don't have a problem with Jonas Quinn, mainly because there's a lot of plot points and game-changing ideas that come about in season six. Yeah. We got Tritonin. We got the Prometheus. We've got a bunch of other stuff. Those are just two big points. A lot we of learned that the ancients are an early version of human. Yeah, that's in this season. Yeah, um, you know, which leads directly to uh, Stargate Atlantis. Right. We get the um, yeah rounding out or the making Anubis into oh not just the new Gould but wow, this guy is ten times worse than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And we've got Ball, who's was previously just a background character coming to the foreground in Abyss. And there's a lot of good stuff in season six. And I was uh, reading some people uh, talking about Stargate and go, no, season six never happened. Uh, Uh, No, no, no. Okay. You can, you can not like Jonas Quinn, but season six is a good season. 
it, from my point of view. There's a lot of very important stuff, but we're not here to talk about season six yet. That is true. I will say that, you know, I, like you, I, I don't have a problem with Jonas Quinn. I like the character Jonas Quinn. Do I miss Daniel? Yes. Do I think on some levels the Jonas Quinn character is a carbon copy of Daniel in a different skin, a different body, and does that do a lack of justice to both Daniel and and to Jonas Quinn, yes, there are problems with all of that. And yet, still, it's a good character. Yeah. And there's a lot of great stories that happen in this uh, in this season. He's a little bit more comic relief. But in yeah. some ways, he's also a little smarter than Daniel in different ways. He absorbs knowledge really quickly. He's... He's a sponge. He, is, he becomes the audience surrogate. Yeah for most everything in this season, which is both a good and a bad thing. Right. Yep. Okay, enough of Jonas Quinn in season six. Jonas Quinn doesn't die, so that's all we're going to oh, talk about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're so talking, we're about talking about deaths, so, not about how great season six is. Okay, right. who do you want to talk about next? Another minor uh, let, death? Yeah, let's go through uh, Sam Carter, yeah. because this is one that doesn't have a whole lot of... Uh, she doesn't die very often. No, um, I found two deaths. Um, one in where almost everyone dies in the Knox. Uh, right. They get ambushed by Apophis and his crew, one of the few times Apophis is out leading the hunting party. Uh, the main point of the storyline is to introduce the Knox. But Sam dies, Jack dies, Daniel dies. Oddly enough, Teal'c doesn't die in that one. He's captured, but he doesn't die. Uh, mm. But they're all revived by the Knox. So, yes, you're dead. Oh, no. Oh, they're fine now. Okay, great. Yep. And then... Yep. Entity, where it's implied up to the last two minutes of the show that she's going to die. Yeah. Even with Jack shooting her, knowing that she's going to die. The fact that she magically didn't because some um, last minute deus ex machina, not well, almost not quite, but you know, say, oh yeah, at the last second I did that thing. Oh. There's a little plot armor going yeah. on there. Exactly, um, but it's implied. I mean, Jack yeah. was shooting her, knowing what he was doing, that the second shot was going to kill her. And you get that line from Janet at the end that's like, she is brain dead. Yeah. I mean, her body is living on because we have it connected to machines, period. Full stop. Yeah. Um, and And then, of course, you get the whole... I'm in the computer. Yeah. I'm in the computer. And, and everything is... Yeah. Yeah. So she died. And they could have killed her off then. Then they got to bring in another character. Would it have been a satisfactory ending for the character? Probably not. It's not a good way for Sam Carter to go out getting taken over by a computer and having Jack shoot her. But no. it, it was interesting in that as I said, Jack knew what he was doing. He knew that second shot was going to kill her. Right. Somehow it didn't. You know, you know, fade to black and, oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. So be it. Yeah, That's so just be it. The way it goes. Okay. Now, now, if we want to keep on the family theme, we'd have to go to Jacob Carter. Now, sure. We could, let's move to Jacob. Now, let's talk about Jacob. Jacob was dying when we, when we introduced him, or at least the second episode we introduced him. So we knew uh, he was... Not long for the world. No, we actually learned that he's got cancer in the first episode when we first meet him. Right. Okay. Uh, he, we hear, but we don't realize it's as bad as it is until you get to Tokra. Right. 
And it's like, Which this is the, second is the time we- only way we're going to yeah. save you. And they even somewhat implied that, yeah, we can keep them alive and we don't know for how long, you know, we, we're going to kind of cure this, but it's more like we're going to keep it in check. It was as we really find out in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. So Jacob does eventually die, but it's not the cancer that kills him, but it is, it's more that because Selmak died. Right. Right. And this is also where we can learn, although it's implied with Lord Yu as well, that uh, the symbiotes don't live forever. They have very long lifetimes. And he was, Selmak was the oldest and the wisest. Right. He was the oldest and the wisest, but he wasn't going to live forever. Now, we've seen this, as I said, with Lord Yu as well, because they're implying he's very old as well. And in upcoming episodes, we're going to see the impact of age of right. both the host and of uh, the Goa old in them. So, again, right. further implying that the groundwork for, yes, the symbiote can die of old age at some point. It may be 5,000 years, but they can die as well. So, yeah, he's going to eventually die. Now, why did they kill him? I mean, this is the first of what we're talking about here, permanent deaths. Yep. And yep. my feeling, it was essentially that the Toker storyline was over. Because this is uh, around the end of season eight. I'd have to go back and check it again. I'm pretty sure it's around season eight or in season nine. But effectively, the go old storyline is over except for Ball. The Toker storyline is pretty much over, and they didn't need the characters anymore. Right. So I think they said, okay, well, let's give them an ending. And they allow them to die. But kind of, kind of, I don't know. I don't know. You kill the host, and it's like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry, not kill the host. You kill the Goa'uld. It's like, okay, uh, the thing that was keeping you alive and keeping your cancer at bay, sorry. So, if I recall correctly, um, it wasn't his cancer that came back and killed him. It's that, like, when symbiotes die, they release a neurotoxin. Yeah. And, and... They can. Like, Selmak was wanting to die without doing that. Uh-huh. But, uh, if I recall correctly, Jacob was like, no, Selmak, I need you to help solve the problem with the replicators and all this. That's what's going on there. Um, and... Uh, basically insisted that Selmak keep stick around long, so long that Selmak got to the point past that point of no return. Right, where he no longer could uh, die without you're right, you're releasing right. that neurotoxin. Uh, admittedly, it's been a while since I've seen this episode. So they were saying that they didn't have to release the neurotoxin. So my understanding, if I, I'm again, it's been a long time since I've seen this, is that if like on Day one or day five, you know, Selmak and Jacob are having conversations and Selmak says, I'm going to die soon. And if you let me die on day five or sooner, then I can die and I can prevent the neurotoxin from being released. Okay. So it, and it's a conscious effort. I will die, but you will, uh, you, Jacob, will survive. And Jacob is like, Selmak, no, I need you to help with this, this, and this, right, and this, right. and this. And wouldn't let him let go until it passed that point where he no longer had the capacity to prevent that neurotoxin from being released. Now, I, so that when Selmak dies, Jacob also. Dies. I'm going to say that this is also a plot-driven choice, and they, shall we say, forgotten, and they being the writers, 
that uh, many gold have died in the person's body and they've just gone with, oh yeah, the uh, host will just absorb the remains. I mean, there's an entire episode uh, upcoming, uh, Nightwalkers, where an entire town has symbiotes in them that are kind of dormant during the day and they kind of come up with a vaccine for Goa Old. Right. Which they never use after that. Um, but they said, oh yeah, they'll just die and the body will reabsorb them. And there's a couple times where they refer to that as well. So it's kind of like, well, sometimes when they die, they release a neurotoxin. Other times and they sometimes don't. sometimes they don't. Yeah, so I will accept it in the Jacob and Selmak storyline. I just kind of will have to forget about the... Yeah, but that doesn't always happen. Sometimes they just die and things are fine. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but... Well. Fair enough. It still goes back to big moment. Yeah, it was at the end of season eight. Yeah, that's right. right. They're trying to work out the uh, one of the many super weapons, and they needed Selmak to do that. They did it and died at the end. But it was also part of the last push against the gold, which effectively wiped them out as a galactic superpower, except for Ball and yep. his clones. So it was a heroic death, but it was also a we're done with pretty much everything go old they're not going to be a threat except for this one guy and he's a threat but not on a galactic level type of threat right so it was right. we're kind of done with that one now yep um i'll go with another real minor death and it's more of an implied death and that's uh valam alderaan okay. um, she was in season nine and in the episode beachhead it's assumed she dies I, right. I'd yep. have to go back and watch it again, but it was one of those, she's kind of written out and it's like, oh, I think she's dead. Well, last we saw her, she was under heavy fire or something like that. And it's assumed she's dead. And it's not a big mourning for the, uh, the characters or even the audience because she was kind of a minor character. She had only been in now, a few episodes of season If nine. I recall correctly, at that point in time... Like at the beginning of season nine, uh, uh, Amanda Tapping was pregnant, right? Or you know, and so was going through maternity leave and all of that stuff, and so she was out for the first nine or ten weeks of the series, and of course they wanted somebody to fill that role, and so they brought in uh, Vala Maldron, um, Claudia Black, right, uh, for that, and then of course when uh, Amanda Tapping comes back. Then they have this epic thing with the 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 giant super gate, right? And Vala saves the day because nobody's listening to her, uh, and and you know transforms her character from completely selfish to selfless, and then she dies. But then we have our main female character go Sam. Right. So she was a, a new character brought in to fill a gap. She was a recurring character. I like the character. She was definitely a shift in characters on sg1 she was unlike mm -hmm. anyone who had been on the show before and that's a nice shakeup. Right. long term i don't know if she would have been a good character for eight seasons of the show but she was an interesting shakeup as a recurring character but she was popular enough and they brought yeah. her back and yep. she was brought back later in season nine so she was off screen dead for a few episodes but when she comes back, she's really driving the storyline forward of the Ori storyline because she comes back pregnant. And she's pregnant uh -huh. with one of the primary villains 
as we find out. Yep. So it, uh, I like the character of yeah, Vala. Enough that you named uh, your cat after her. Enough that I named my cat after her. Yeah. And it is an appropriate name. Right. <laughs> yeah. But okay. impact of the storyline of her death, minor, or of her coming back, big. I will go with that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, how about General Hammond? All right, we'll go with General Hammond. Let's do that. Um, he died off screen. It was, he had been written out of the show. Uh, Don S. Davis effectively was retiring, similar to uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson wanted to step back from the show. So he was retiring. He left effectively after season eight. He took on another role, the head of Homeworld Security. Seven. He left after seven. So you're right. You're right. He left after the Battle of Atlantis. He was still around in season eight, but right. Exactly. Sorry. I got my seasons wrong on there. Yep. Um, so he took over that a new department of homeworld security. So he was there, but his role was diminished. And by the time season 10 rolled out, he was gone. And then we learned in Atlantis that he died. Hmm. And I don't remember that in Atlanta. Well, it was season five. I, I don't know that you ah, made it through season five. No, I haven't actually watched season five, so right. that would explain that. He got a mention. It was like, this is, a, we've got a new uh, Prometheus-class starship. It's the, the General Hammond ship. General Hammond? Yes, he died of natural cause. He died of a heart attack on show. And the reason they killed him on the show is because Don S. Davis had died as well. I mean, sure, they had written the character effectively out. He came back occasionally as needed because, you know, he's agreeable to that. Impact of his death, sadly to say, is minor. Because SG-1 was over by that time. Um, right. He had left the show eventually. You no, know, we've gone through a couple different leads of his role on SG-1. Uh, he had a few space-based roles, and it was nice to see him, but... The actor was retiring. And the impact of General Hammond uh, re uh, leaving the SGC had a big impact yeah, that, on the show. Yeah, we had uh, three commanders you know. in after his absence. We had Dr. Weir, who was a big Shortly. change. Yeah. Yep. And then she left yep. for Atlantis, and then Jack takes over for a brief period. Yep. And then we get. And um, then Landry. Yeah, Hank Landry. Hank Landry. And yep. he was, again, another big change. We're back to a military commander. I, Again, I like Hank Landry. He was very different from uh, General Hammond, but he's still a likable character. He, to me, he's almost uh, what some people call a stunt cast when they bring in a much bigger name, not a TV star, but you know, someone who had been a, a film star to, into the role. Right. So it was a big shake up in characters and all that. So, but yeah, his impact of leaving the show, yeah, that shook things up definitely a lot in Stargate Command. But of of his ultimate death, unfortunately, I got to say it's negligible because the show had moved on by that point. Right. But so it was more that he was written out. But we do have to acknowledge that the character did die because the actor died as well. Yep. Um. Let's move to Jack. Jack, yeah. Now we're getting into some more impactful deaths, and none of Jack's deaths are permanent, but they're big. Well, 
Indeed. One of them is. So, like with uh, Sam and Daniel, he died in the Knox. Okay. Yep. Brief Moving candle, on. it's we've lost him. Because he can't leave and he's going to die. We know he's not. Well, just remember that farming is an intergenerational endeavor. <laughs> exactly. And when you get old, you turn southern. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's an interesting that this, you know, society based off of Egyptian and Greek mythology goes southern when they die. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was just Jack, okay. not, not the, the people of Pelops. Well, we never so saw them get really old. Yeah, but, you know, it's safe to assume. Yeah. We can definitely assume that when they get old, they'll just turn southern. You know, you never really saw old people among uh, among them. We, Jack was the only old people. Everyone else was, you know, 30. Or some of them were a yeah. little bit older. But we never really saw any of their, you know, 100-day-old people there. Interesting. Yeah. So Which, we, yeah. Well, there's problems with that episode. Left and right. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. It's It's fine if it never happened wouldn't be any big deal i think they had one mention of them a little bit later but yeah. uh it was a standalone episode and yeah it's it's fine it was a jack story yeah we have also then fifth race right which he gets the stuff downloaded into his brain um and he certainly nearly dies and was going to die if nothing happened and then uh, fortunately, he was able to get to the Asgard, and the Asgard says, hey, you have ancient stuff in your brain. You shouldn't have that in your brain, so let's take that out. And he's like, woohoo. Yeah, he's know. all better. All better. So, and then he does it again later in Lost City. Yeah. Is that right? Lost City? Yeah. And he does it um, deliberately that time rather than, oops, I got true. my face stuck in the facehugger machine. Yeah, um, but it was you. And know, he nearly dies again. Yeah, and he's saved pretty much by the same way. The Asgard coming in. What? We got to do this again? Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is twice, Jack. When are you going to learn not to stick your head in the machine? Oh, I had to. Okay. Yeah. So none of those are. They drive the plot, but they're not. Oh my gosh, we're going to lose Jack. Except for maybe right. Brief Candle, but we as the audience know he's going to get better. Um, right. Abyss. Um, I just watched this episode and. Okay. I know you and Brent are going to be talking about it, so I don't want to go into my praise for this episode. I like this episode a lot for a lot of reasons, but this is one of the reasons, or if you tallying up death counts, this is where Jack wins. Because while we're shown him dying at least four times, possibly more, it's implied that this is happening on a daily basis and it's been going on for quite a while. Yep. Um, in this episode, um, Jack is captured after the events of, um, oh, the episodes that came before it, after Frozen. Frozen. Uh, where he's, things happen, plot, 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 plot. He goes to the Toker. Well, there's another him. place where he nearly dies. True. It's um, nearly he died. Gets that yeah, that's true. It's like we're, he's going to die. The only people that can save him are the Toker and a symbiote. We're yep. assuming he's going to be better because he's effectively placed in a stasis. And, but we don't know what's going to happen. They even jump over an episode without telling us anything. Yep. Uh, but he goes to the Toker. They give him a symbiote. Uh, for plot reasons, he goes to Ball's fortress. He's captured by Ball, and Ball tortures him by killing him over and over 
and over and over again. And there's, this is also the episode where we get the return of Daniel. And that's a lot Mm -hmm. to talk about as well. This is kind of, for me, the opposite end of the spectrum. No, that's not quite right. This is a good companion piece to um, the one where Daniel dies. Because it deals Mm. with a lot of the same issues of the how to ascend and letting go. And beyond that, I don't want to say too much. I like this episode. One, I watched it recently. Two, it's a darn good episode. Because of what happens with Jack. It's... Okay, i got to stop talking. Hold me back because, you know, I don't want to <laughs> talk right. anymore about it, but All right. I expect a good rating uh, from you on this one. Well, without, uh, without spoiling it too much, I like this episode. Yeah. I've always liked this episode. It's not an easy episode. It's a hard oh, episode yeah. to watch. It absolutely But is. it's a great, great episode. Um, and, you know, while there are a couple of, uh, you know, plot points that just need to be made to get us into that situation once we're there, um, some really great stuff happens in that so right yeah i'm looking forward to rewatching that episode yeah. in a few weeks and um, there's a cool trivia point and you're going to need to bring this up in season nine so i'm planting the seed in your head right now okay in season, season nine a long time away the quest actually this may be season 10 because it's the quest part two i'll have to go back and look it up the knife that oh, ball yeah. uses to kill jack over and over again shows up in the quest even with oh. ball acknowledging it Saying, "Oh, I, this knife has great sentimental value to me." Oh, okay. So it now I, I remember that scene, um, but I didn't. The handle put that, is slightly different, but you look if you look at it, the blade is the same. Interesting shaped blade. Yeah. So think about it. Remember that for a couple of years from now when you're going through the quest. I will certainly try that. Uh, I'll try to remind you, but you'll have to remind All me right. to remind you. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So we have talked about O'Neill. We've talked about Carter. We've talked about Teal, which are, and we talked about uh, General Hammond. Right. So we talked about all of the main characters except right the one at, at this the one who dies easily the most. Uh, okay, Daniel. Yeah. Okay, Daniel. Um, when's his first death? The movie. The movie. And how is he brought back? Sarcophagus. Okay. So. That establishes something that we know now that death is not permanent. Or death doesn't have to be permanent with the go old. So they can bring him back, right. which is important because it you know, directly feeds into um, well, the episode called Need, where Daniel yep. dies. He's killed in an accident, revived in a sarcophagus. But also knowing that the you know, sometimes death is better because the sarcophagus messes with you. And that feeds into um, Abyss, because even Ball acknowledges when he's killing Jack, he says, okay, back to the sarcophagus, and go, oh, I see it's having an effect on you now. It's Because it messes right. with a person's brain. They're not the same when they come back. Not always the same. So, yeah. My, my sense is that, that, you know, the occasional use of the sarcophagus in extreme situations hasn't had major consequences no it hasn't um but it continual use especially use in daniel's situation in need when uh you're using the sarcophagus and you're not dead 
um, has especially bad consequences. But even that is not something that is can't be overcome. It's like a drug, and as we see in need, then you know, right. with the appropriate detox, you can uh, recover from that. Yeah, I so. I think it's also implied is that's why the goal older kind of way they are because that's how they live so long at least the symbiotes because they you know sleep in the sarcophagus more or less in some cases yeah because you know we see yep. them coming out of it several times just like ah, good morning so what evil <laughs> things are we going to do today indeed so we all right we get that the sarcophagus in the movie um the Knox. okay everybody's killed in the Knox. Fire and Water, I think, is one of the times where we first have a we're mourning for the character when he's killed. Even though he's not, the team thinks he is. Yep. So this is one of the first deaths, even though it's an early season, that has an impact on the rest of the team. Even though they have false memories about it, they are mourning Daniel's death. It takes Sam going through Daniel's stuff to go, hang on, something's not right here. Yep. So, while the episode, eh, it's not a real death, it's kind of the first time where we see our characters' reactions to someone else's death. A major character's death, not, you know, a minor character who died. Right. Yep. That brings us then to the big one, Meridian. Right. Now, you and, and... Brent had a very long discussion about it. I completely agree with you. You got a lot more in your discussion out of it than I did in just my watch and thinking about it. It's it's not an eight to me. That's fine. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion, but it's definitely one of the top-rated episodes of the series. Yep. Because this is an impactful death. I mean, the character's dead. He's ascended, but he's effectively gone, as far as we know. And yeah, right. it's an important episode. It's a really good episode on its own. And it is it is the first time in the whole series that you have a significant character who is dead and gone and isn't they're not planning to bring him back. Right. Now, even at this point in time they're thinking, well, you know, there's the opportunity for season six for you to make some guest appearances possibly. But, you know, the at the time that he dies in Meridian uh, there was no plans for a season seven, right. and even l fewer plans uh, of the possibility of bringing Daniel Jackson back as a main character. Uh, so he was gone, gone. This is also the done. first time that the death, well, one, it's not just a single story or an implied they'll be back. It's where the actor wanted to leave. Right. Now, the story kind of changes depending on when Michael Shanks is asked about it. You know, when it happened at the end of season five, it was, they're not treating the character right. I'm tired. I want to move on. Other people have said is he left because he wanted to do movies. He wanted to become a bigger star. And it was just, a, it's time for me to leave. I don't like what they're doing. I think this is my time to leave the show. And as you said, this is when they're leaving Showtime and coming on to sci-fi. And it was kind of written as an end of series because it's written long before yeah. it it's filmed, and it's filmed long before it airs. So it's not like they filmed it. No, they wrote it Tuesday, filmed it Wednesday, and showed it Thursday. This was long <laughs> thought out. 
uh, right. Daniel's role had kind of sort of changed, and as he said, Michael Shanks wasn't happy with the direction. They felt his character kind of become one note, and they didn't. He yeah. didn't think he was using to his full potential. I don't disagree, but that's kind of true for every character on the show. That they are, that is the Jack O'Neill character. That's the Sam Carter character. It's the Teal character. It's the Daniel Jackson character. They all have their roles. That he wanted right. more. I can understand. You know, people leave jobs for much of the same reason. I'm yeah. not being fulfilled in my job. I want to move on to something else. Well, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, most TV shows don't last more than five years. Correct. Um, and so if you've had a five-year show, um, you know, I totally see him wanting to say, let me try something different. Right. And just see where it goes. I get it. Now, other people who have said they knew Michael Shanks and have talked to him about it said it wasn't just for the, I don't like what they're doing with my character. Uh, others have said, and this is all just, you know, speculation and quotes from people said, oh, I know his uh, brother-in-law and I met him at a party once. And it was that he wanted to do other stuff. It wasn't so much that he didn't like the characters. Uh, he wanted to do other stuff, and the show was holding him back. That was what their opinion of that was. And that may be true as well. Um, mm -hmm. problem you get when you get into a TV show like this is how many other shows have you seen these actors in? That they kind of... Not many. Yeah. Uh, they kind of get, you know, um, typecast. Now, in a conversation I had with someone on Facebook about the death of the character um he actually did go on to do other stuff not just cheesy sci-fi movies uh he was on a canadian show for five years uh, about a a supernatural hospital drama and it only aired in the u.s okay, yeah, once i remember that i yeah, i never I, saw I, it but i, I read about it it's like huh that sounds interesting a medical procedural involving ghosts and spooky things that might have been interesting so he did go on to other stuff. It, from my experience, most of the other stuff I saw him in was one-offs or bad sci-fi movies. He had a recurring role on Smallville as uh, an archaeologist. Uh, Carter Hall, also known as Hawkman. I love Smallville. Yeah. We've talked about that. But I, I enjoyed Smallville as well. I enjoyed, and it was always fun for me when I saw. Uh, Michael Shanks, yeah, like, I enjoyed Oh, that. cool! That Look at that! It, it's that guy! Awesome! Oh, and he's Yay. playing Hawkman. He's not just some random guy. He's playing a, a named character. But, yeah, that kind of goes to his idea of he wanted to expand his resume, do other stuff, get off the sci-fi show. Now, the thing is, is he came back six episodes later. And as you talked about, there wasn't a big gap between season five and season six. Right. Which would imply that the writing had begun on season six, probably around the time of. Well, actually, I don't know when season five was filmed. I know when we know when it was aired. It could have been filmed much before that, but there wasn't like a whole a whole season gap. As it was, what they're saying is, "Hey, um, Michael, about Daniel Jackson. We know you want to leave, but we got this cool story." And they showed it to him and goes, that's Daniel Jackson. You can bring me back for that version of him. Yeah. So they bring him back in Abyss, but they're bringing him back differently. And what, what do you think about his um, character after he comes back starting in Abyss? 
it is a richer character. It's a deeper character. There, it's it's it is far more multi-dimensional uh, when you see him come back in uh, Abyss and then Changeling and then um, one of the season finale arc of right. that series, of the season six, whatever. I can't remember exactly the names, but you know when you see him come back and he's ascended and he's dealing with this. And then also in season seven, when he comes back and, you know, he doesn't have his memory and then he gets his memory back and all of this stuff. Um, it is a richer version of Daniel Jackson. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I, I mean, while I always enjoyed Daniel Jackson as a character and I kind of uh, resonate with that character, um, uh, the, the development of the character uh, during and post Ascension is uh, is a much richer character. Right. Now, 100%. Jonas Quinn, as we've talked about, is Daniel Jackson plus, so they brought in the same character but made him a little bit different. So that kind of proves that what Michael Shanks was saying is that his character had become one note because Jonas was kind of the same guy. Yep. And that was also why he agreed to come back because they gave him this richer character. They gave him more to do, gave him a, a lot more facets to his character so yeah i would completely agree with you on that mm-hmm. now he does die uh, one more time briefly like for half oh. the episode oh that's true he does yeah so he comes um, back in season seven where he's deascended, and in season eight um as part of the big ending storyline in reckoning part two he dies and ascends and he comes back an episode later in threads well, he doesn't oh, quite ascend. Right. He he is brought back to the diner and given a potential opportunity to ascend. Yeah. Correct. Um, he kind of half ascends, kind of like a pop, um, Anubis half as, or is half descended. But yes, he's brought to, brought to the celestial diner, and he makes yep. a decision to go on or go back. But yeah, he effectively dies, and he gets plot discussion. To prove his, you know, decide his future, and then he descends again, deascended, I guess, goes back in threats. Yep. So he dies there. So what is that? That's one, two, three, if you go with the assumed death in fire and water, four in need, where he was killed and revived in our sarcophagus, because we saw him die in need. He was, um, he right. died in yep. an avalanche of rocks, but he was brought back. Meridian. He dies. He's going to die if he doesn't ascend. So that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six deaths on camera if we go into Reckoning. Which, six. yeah. So somebody on Facebook said 12, kind of 12. Well, those are the alternate universe deaths. Okay. Yeah, we're sticking so primary uh, storyline because you can kill whoever you want in another universe. That is a true statement. And, and those don't have plot impacts. It. No, if we had SG-1 from an alternate universe, they would be. There's how you bring SG-1 back. But just go one of the other universes. Okay, no. Hey, that, it's uh, worked for other TV shows. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's not going to do it because they can't de-age everyone. Um, oh, yeah. So we got that. I still hold that Jack may have more deaths um, because we don't really know how many times we he was killed by Ball. There's at least four shown. But it's a real close between the two of them. But if you want to go with impactful deaths, yeah, you got to go with Daniel Jackson. Right. Yep. Now, um, there's two other 
deaths, and these are much bigger. And that's to, how, how would we call it? Planetary deaths, deaths of an entire society. Uh, right. One is the Abedonians. They're going to get yep. wiped out in season six. Their planet's going to get... But they're all going to be ascended. Right, they're going to so be ascended. Right. But that one... Well, we it's part of the Anubis storyline and the quest for... We'll talk about that at another point. Um, but essentially, Anubis destroys the planet. But the Abedonians yep. are all ascended with help from Omanasala. So, Kasuf, Skara, everybody, they're ascended. That's a cheap way out to me. Because they, I guess they didn't really have anything else to do with the characters. They didn't want to keep going back to Abydos and say, oh, look, it's Kasuf and Scar again. What's happening this time? I don't know. I think they just yeah. wanted to give them an end. Which is fine. It cuts off a thread. It ends a storyline. It's not left with some dangling plot left out there going, oh, shoot, what about the Abedonians? But it's right. still kind of a cheap way out of Ah, uh, yeah, they're all dead now. Well, you know, on on some level, I haven't seen this episode in a while, but on some level, there's just this, this thing. Let, let's tie up this thread. Let's tie up this plot storyline that has been going on since literally the movie. Yeah. Um, because with Anubis, they are moving beyond. Right. Uh, they're. I mean, while Anubis does certainly have Egyptian roots, um the character of Anubis is moving beyond that Egyptian stuff. Uh, Ball is not Egyptian. Um, they're, they're moving towards a battle with the replicators, which is not Egyptian. Uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel's identity, uh, was tied up to Abydos, um, in a lot of ways. And so all of this is a way to tie up all of that so they can move on with things. Exactly. It's we're done with um, the storyline, we're done with the characters, let's give them a dramatic exit. Yep. And the fact that that uh, Oma uh, ascends them all fits what Oma would have done. Right. It's nice. Um, and so it's a way to say look, we didn't just heartlessly kill all of these people off, you know, because we wanted to tie up a loose, loose end. We heartlessly killed all of these people off so that we give them a, you know, a tie up all the loose ends, but not so heartless because we want them to still be with us, but we don't want to have to deal with them ever again. Right, we don't want to have a... So let's kill them without killing yeah. It's Don't be sad, they're fine. Yeah, the planet's gone, but they're fine. Yeah. They, they moved on, they're ascended. It's, it's all good. Now, who's Perfectly. our last, um, what did I say? I, I don't want to call it a racial, planetary or species death. The Asgard. The Asgard. Now, the Asgard die often. We don't always see their death. Uh, it's implied uh, Thor dies in an upcoming episode, or at the end of season five, it's implied he's he's going to be dead or is dead mm -hmm. so we know he dies at least once in revelations uh his consciousness was uploaded to the ship and then they well as you'll see in plot 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 they're going to give his consciousness back to the asgard so he's going to come back so so we know that the asgard have their own ways of cheating death you know the goal will have the sarcophagus the asgard well we'll just clone another one download his brain and we're good to go of course uh, that for them, for them is, as they've said, a genetic dead end. 
that their copies of copies yep. of copies are dying. Yep. Um, and that leads us to the season, the series finale. Right, unending. Unending. Where the Asgard uh, commit mass suicide and wipe out the Asgard race and come to the humans and say, hey, here's all our stuff. Have fun. Bye. So do they, uh, it's been so long since I've seen the finale. Do they actually commit uh, a, a species-wide suicide? Well, or do they just say, here's all of our stuff and we're, we're out? Well, plot-driven-wise, they send the command, all Asgard come home. We're bringing the replicators here, and we're going to take out the replicators and ourselves in one fell swoop. And we'll give the Tauri all our stuff. But if I recall, they blow up their planet and all the and all the replicators on it. And again, it's part okay. of the bigger storyline of wiping out the replicators as well. So it's there, hey, we've got an idea. We're all going to die anyway because we're at... We can't keep doing this stuff. We're breaking down, so we're going to kill ourselves and um, the replicators as well. Boom. The end. And again, humans all our stuff. But is it really? Because there is a lost tribe of the Asgard living in the Pegasus Galaxy, the Veneer. Now, they only show up twice. They're not named the Veneer on camera. Uh, script and production-wise, they were called the Veneer. Uh, but uh, they have the same cloning problems, but they have a different solution. But it does, if Atlantis had gone on, if they bring back SG-1, they do have the possibility of bringing back the Asgard in a fashion. Hmm. They're very similar to the Asgard. They're not identical. I mean, they're the same Roswell Greys. But they're a little bit more aggressive. They have battle suits, as you'll find out. Um, is that all season five stuff? Um, or is that... I'd have to look up when Lost Tribe showed up. It is a later season. Sure. Uh, it's. I mean, it, it's been so long since I've seen Atlantis and all this stuff, so a lot of that's fuzzy in my brain. Right. Um, but, yeah. Let me verify um, this one. Um, yeah, that's fifth season. So uh, if you okay. haven't watched fifth okay. season, um, that's where they're tying up stuff. And well, we don't need to talk about season five. But yeah, the veneer are introduced in season five as a lost tribe of the Asgard. They haven't been in contact with the Asgard of that galaxy for thousands of years. So it's not like right. oh we left them a couple weeks ago. No, they've been gone for a long time. But they are Asgard. They so they are there. They do have the possibility of bringing back if they want. They were only in two episodes, but they're they're definitely plot driven. They're an interesting group because the first time you see them, they're the there's just these uh, kind of semi aggressive guys in battle suits. Hmm. And when they open up the suits, it's like, oh my, that's an Asgard. And no, we're <laughs> we're not quite them, but you know, we uh, we separated from them long ago. They never really got fleshed out too much again they were only on two episodes in season five is the last season of atlantis but it lays the foundation for things that could happen yep now there is one more yeah 
uh, major character deaths in Stargate that we do need to yeah, address. I'll say we saved the worst or the best for last. Um, it is Janet Fraser. Yeah. Who dies in the season seven episode Heroes Part Two. Yeah. What's um This is yeah, a sad it's... episode. It's an important episode. And it's interesting because this is a mid season. It's yep. it just comes out of nowhere. And yep. I know it's an upcoming episode, so we're not gonna talk about it too much. Uh why it was done, it was done simply to shake things up. It was um, I won't say the show was complacent, but they wanted to take a risk and dramatically kill off a character in the middle of a season. And not a minor character. She had become main credits at that point. Was she actually main credits? Yeah, she had become main credits at that point. It wasn't, oh, she's going to be in this episode, or she's going to be in, in that episode. She was on main credits by that point. This is in season seven. I don't remember uh, her being on main credits I mean, My memory I, says that I could be wrong. I often am, but she had become yeah. she had gone from I mean, we need a doctor in the first few seasons. Oh, we're bringing Janet to a much more important character, much more well fleshed sure. out character. We know everything I mean, that's happened he, with her up to that point, right? Even by season beginning of season six, where we're at now, uh, she's not a title character, no. but she is a uh tier one yeah let's go with that character yeah um and you know so that was i remember watching that for the first time and i was just absolutely stunned right that they killed fraser off and and is but they did it in a good way i mean if in terms of the storyline um would they have had to kill her off? No, but if they were going to kill her off, that is a right, uh, it, stunning, shocking, uh, shake-up way that works. Yeah, the way they did it fits the character. It's not yeah. like there was an attack and the base blew up and everyone died. It was, she went into battle. Not in battle, but she went onto the battlefield, which is something she normally doesn't do. She doesn't go yeah. off-world that often. But she was basically being a battlefield medic, doing her job when she gets shot. Yep. And that whole first part of the episode, they were talking about a someone died. They never really tell you who it was. They're hinting that this happened, and then how they showed is just kind of like, oh my, that, that, as we've said, that was well, kind of a gut punch episode. Well, also, uh, at that point in time, there, there are hints that it's O'Neill that's yeah. dead. Yeah. And I remember at that point in time, there were questions about what was going to happen because at this point in time, we were pretty well certain that uh, Hammond was going, you know, D D Donis Davis was going to leave the show right. at the end of season seven. Uh, we heard rumblings that, that Richard Dean Anderson was wanting to take a back seat to things. Right. His role had uh, started it, to diminish in season six, actually. Yeah. Um, and so. By this point in time, it would have been a shock, but it would have, but, but the uh, you know it would have been an answer to what happens with O'Neill. Yeah, uh, it could have easily been O'Neill, and it turns out then to uh, be Fraser. Right, and and oy. that's part of why it's a good, good is not good, but good plot point, good story driven of. 
you don't know who it's going to be. You know it's going to be someone, or it's implied it's going to be someone. You have your suspects, and then they just do the total turn on you. Go, no, it's that person. Yeah. yeah. And yep. this is also a permanent death. This is She's not coming back. Unlike... Yep, we do see a couple of alternate reality yeah. versions of her. True. Which is a great way to say... Thank you, Terrell Rothery. Exactly. And, you know, tipping your hat to to the fans. Um, but, yeah, she's she's dead. Yeah. I, I won't say this is the first time a major character dies, but this is a major impact going forward. I mean, no, uh -huh. we've had characters die on screen, but they came back. There's the ones who haven't died, like Jacob Carter, um, the Asgard, General Hammond. They've all died off screen. Their impact of that death was sad but not a big shakeup. This is as big a shakeup as Daniel Jackson dying, but this one's permanent too. Yeah. There's no sarcophagus, there's no clones, there's no ascension. Just gone. And sadly that's sometimes just the way it happens. They're there one day and then they're gone the next day. Yep. Yep. Now there's a lot of other minor character deaths in SG one. I mean, right. those happen. And we're not even talking about villains here. Because villains, their purpose is to ultimately die. So we'll get a, <laughs> a satisfactory death out of them. You know, Apophis dies a couple of times. I'm not certain we get a satisfactory death of Apophis. Oh. Well, no, that's not true. We do get a very satisfactory death of Apophis. And then he's not dead. He's not dead. I, I think his spaceship crashing onto another planet and blowing up while he's infested with replicators is a satisfactory when you see him on the bridge surrounded by replicators knowing he's going to crash into a planet and just looking at the powerlessness on his face of i'm a god this is not supposed to happen to me <laughs> this is not boom i think it's a good way out for the character because he gets what he deserves to me the first on-screen death to me um is said and you get sympathetic for the host and almost for the symbiote of the, I'm sorry for what I've done, please save me, give me another host. And it's like, nope, nope, we're going to let you die. And you almost, almost feel bad for him. But then they come back and he's he's bad again. But I, in my opinion, I think it was a satisfactory death because it was not the old man dying and apologizing for everything and begging for his life. It's just him in frustration that he's a god and it's not working out for him. And he sees his end, and no, there is no way out for him. No. I will accept your thoughts there. And you don't have to agree with them, but that's my opinion. Uh, you know, there you go. You, you you make a a strong argument, but I'm not certain I buy it. That's yet. okay. And so. we know Ball will die several times as well because he's got his clones. So you know, villains die; they have to, and they have right. impacts on the plot, but. That's an entirely different show to talk about villain deaths. And our task today is to talk about hero right. deaths. And that brings us then to Atlantis. Right. Now, characters die in Atlantis as well. Often it's minor Indeed. characters. We want to focus on three of them. These are the three plot shakeup driven ones. Now, I right. know some of this is you don't have as much experience with Atlantis, and some of them are in uh, further seasons, so... Sorry, I'm going to have to spoil you, spoil you for some of well, these. 
So I can talk a little bit about Aiden sure, Ford, let's start, and start and him. I actually do remember that that weird dies. Okay. I just don't remember the details therein. Gotcha. So you can spoil that for okay. me. Uh, so, um, you know, Aiden at the end of season one, there's a big giant uh, battle with the wraith. Uh, the wraith comes and um, starts to feed on his life force and then there's a giant explosion and he ends up in the water and we figure that he is dead killed by the wraith and killed by an explosion um and that would be more or less the end of it except for we discover that he's not quite dead yet um and then he is but he is affected by the wraith right he's like one quarter Um, wraith at this point He's in control right. of it, but he has definitely Ish. changed. <laughs> Ish. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, they they try to bring him back, and he's like, nope, don't want to, and he leaves. And that's the end of Aiden Ford for a few episodes. Right. He doesn't uh, die there, but he's kind of gone. Now, this is part of the actor's write-out, that he wanted right. to leave the show for a lot of the... So si- it- Go ahead. Is it was it was it uh, uh, Rainbow Sun Franks who wanted to leave the show? Is that what happened? Yeah, I'd never really that was, heard the backstory. That's part of, this. of it. He wasn't happy with his character on the show. The writers also were going. I don't. We don't know what to do with this guy. So he wasn't quite happy. The show. They weren't unhappy with him. It was just we got another character. We're not sure to do with it. And they also wanted a little bit more. They wanted to bring in some other characters. No, they're going to bring right. in Jason Momoa in season two. No, he was still relatively unknown. He'd been on Baywatch and a few other things at that point, but he was a relatively unknown. But they wanted to kind of, again, do another shakeup. And Ray- They needed to bring in a Teal'c-like uh, exactly. force. Right, and they didn't have that. And they said, well, we've got so many characters, so many actors on this show. So uh, raise your hand if you're not happy on the show, Rainbow. Okay, come here. We're going to talk. That's how I see it. But uh, Have a good day. Yeah. So <laughs> he's written out. Now, he comes back. He's not dead at the end of season one. Actually, this is a crossover between uh, end of season one and season two. Um, right. It's in the first episode of season two, um, Siege Part 3, I think it is, is where he right. yep. says, I'm out. And he takes off on a puddle jumper. Right. Okay. But he does come back okay. at the mid Two episodes later, finale. he's back. Oh, is he, is he back in Runner? Yeah. Do you see him in there? Yeah. Uh, he's okay. here to help. Uh, I'm better now. And he tries... No, he's a different character. But it's part of his slow right out of the story, shall we say. Right. He deliberately runs into a culling being to help the team. And then he's gone. Until episode 10 where he's back. And he has his own team. But yep. it's a much more aggressive team. It says, he captures an Atlantis team, and I need your help. We're going to take out this Wraith ship. And they're going, what? No, we can't. Really? And they're not quite with them, because this is a, a different Aiden Ford than they left. Right. He, you know, he's part partish Wraith. He's not quite the same guy. And then he ultimately does take out the Wraith Hive ship in episode 11. Um... He crashes ships together, and he's on one of them. I think he's actually on the Hive ship at the time. And we don't see him die. 
it's implied because both ships blow it up good. Right. But we don't get a fiery explosion seeing him all that death. So it's an assumed death, and we can assume that because that's the last time we see him. Right. But it's part of the, a lot of times what we were talking about, is of a show, a show shakeup. We, we're not doing good stuff with this character, kind of like Daniel Jackson saying, uh, not Daniel Jack, Michael Shanks saying, you're not doing good stuff with me anymore. I'm out, and they're going, yeah, you're right. So with him, they wanted a new character, and they needed the Teal'c counterpart. Yep. They needed, cut the cast, he's out. For whatever reason. Yep. And I don't think anyone was terribly disappointed by his loss. It was a shock, I would say, that he died or eventually died. I remember watching. It's like, oh, wow, they just killed that guy off. Oh, yeah. and then he's back. Oh, what's going to... Oh, and it took a while for the full payoff. It's nice that it's not a done, he's out. They actually give him an out, and they phase him out of the show and giving him a dramatic death, or at least an implied dramatic death. You know, who knows? If they bring back Atlantis, they can go, nope, I got out. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. Right. It's been a long time. So, right. yeah, it's that type of storyline. That brings us to the next big one. And this is probably the... I would argue this is the single biggest character death in all of the franchise. Even more than Daniel? Um, so, well... So, but, you know, yeah, they killed Daniel, but they bring him back. Yeah, okay. Of course, they bring Carson back, too. Yeah, but... Um, differently. Now, I I will say. Well, let's let's talk about this. We're talking about Doctor Beckett, right. Doctor Carson Beckett. This yep. is along the lines of um, Doctor Fraser dying, and one he's right. a doctor, and two it comes out of nowhere. And at this point in time, Doctor Beckett, um, uh, I'm blanking on the actor's name. He he really was a title character. Yeah, he at this was. Point in time. He his character um, had gone from. Just one of many to uh, an important character. Yep. And he was probably one of my favorite characters yeah. of the series at this point in time. Um, and so I loved I loved his Scottishness. I loved his uh, fear. You know, he sort of had some, some uh, uh, Dr. McCoy vibes of being afraid of different things. Yeah. But it was in a different manner than Dr. McCoy. Um you know, I, I really appreciated this character. I loved this character. Right. And it was an absolute shock when I watched this episode. Yeah. The episode he actually died in was in t was written as a, it's a day off. And what do they do when there's no things happening and then the bad things happen? You know, it's effectively, there's a bomb in a patient. It's a tumor. But, you know, the Wraith or whoever the bad guy was that did it implanted a bomb in a patient. They go, well, we need to operate. And they go, that's not just a tumor. That's a bomb. And mm -hmm. he dies saving the patient when the bomb goes off. Yeah. And and they think that, that maybe at, they, they lead it up with the point, the sense that, that he's, that they're successful. They save the patient. They get the bomb out. He's walking away. Things are good. It, we saved the day. The heroes win. And then, boom. Yeah, I agree with you. That was another come out of nowhere. And, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, jeez. Now, this was oh, actually yeah. planned. Uh, 
at the beginning of the second season, because this is uh, season three, episode 17, uh, after the second season of Atlantis, um, it was hinted that they were writing him out. I mean, hmm. they had talked to the cast. Uh, reports had come out that Beckett was going to be leaving the show somewhere near the second half of the season. So it wasn't a surprise to the character, to the actor. He knew he was leaving. Okay. And this was something they had planned. It's still part of a cast shakeup that they wanted something to really mess with the characters on the show. And this definitely did it. Um, and that they even said he will probably only appear in a few episodes in the fourth in in later seasons. So this was planned sort of that we're going to kill him off and maybe he will come back somehow. So while no one knew this, that he might come back, but it was kind of implied and it leaked out that he would be leaving it, leaving the show. Um, but killing him off, well, as we know, turned out to be a very unpopular move. Yes. And like with Daniel Jackson, yes, the fans went, what the bleep? You just killed off our favorite <laughs> character. There's actually a protest. Yeah, about 100 fans or so went to the studios where Atlantis was filmed and got out there with their signs and say, how dare you? Wow. We object to this. This is a bad thing. They had a, a bagpipe band playing. Uh, there was another protest at Comic-Con uh, in 2007 after they had killed off the character going, how dare you? And that's when the the uh, writing team or the production team said, yeah, this may have been a bad idea. Now, if you look in the story, because they did imply that he might be coming back in season three before he dies. Season three, episode two, Misbegotten. Michael the Half-Wraith takes a cell sample from Dr. Beckett. We don't know what he's going to do with them, but we deliberately, they say, watch this. We're focusing the camera on this so you can see that's happening. Now, you don't know what's happening. But they did lay the seeds for his return before they killed him off. So it was planned to kill off the character. Maybe, I don't know, somehow bring him back. Then they had to kind of change course and say, yeah, we're going to bring him back and he'll be back as a character because Michael cloned him. So we see him back mm -hmm. in uh, season four. It's like a full season later because he dies in season or episode 17 of season three. He's brought back in episode 18 of season four where he's found by the Atlantis okay. team. And it's a huge dramatic reveal when they come in and they, they're raiding whatever base and they, he turns around and goes, where have you been? And they're going, what? <laughs> It's Whoa. about time. You, I've been over here for a year. Yeah, he really doesn't know what's happened. He doesn't know he's been cloned. They find out he's been cloned. And right. so season three, yeah, it was an impactful, sad, oh my gosh, they just killed Kenny death. And we know, no, he's dead. And he does not come back for that season. He doesn't come back for season four for much of the season. So as far as we, the watchers know, he's gone. Yeah. And it was like with Dr. Frazier, as you said, it's like it comes out of nowhere, sort of. Now, there's a lot of cast shakeups on Atlantis. Atlantis, in many ways, has a revolving door of cast members, um, yeah. which leads us to Janet, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Weir, unless you got anything else you want to talk about with Carson Beck. Nope. No, let's move on. Um, with the, let's close things up yeah. with, with Dr. Weir. Um, so, 
at the end of season three that she, the actress, um, she felt her role was being diminished. And it was. They were saying, you know what? We want to bring in Samantha Carter to the show. So she felt her role was being diminished. So she decided to leave the show. She was, I'm out. So at the end of season three, beginning of season four, she was injured, captured by the Asurans, which are the Pegasus Galaxy version of the Replicators. They're more human form Replicators, but they are Replicators. They tried to assimilate her in a Borg-like fashion. And oh, yes. uh, yep. she ends up sacrificing herself to save the team. So she's dead, as far as we know. She died a heroic death, resisting the replicators of the Asurans, saving the team, and it's a satisfactory death for the character, as far as we can see and remember on there. And right. then in season four, she's back. Um, she is an Asuran at this point. She's an Asuran clone, as it were. She's like Replicator. Uh, she is the Replicator version of Dr. Weir, but she's not a Replicator. She has her own consciousness. So they assimilated her, okay. but her consciousness yeah. took over. So it was Dr. Weir in Replicator form, unlike Replicator, which was a Replicator version of Carter, who was not right. Carter. This was Dr. Weir. And she was leading an underground rebel team of Asurans who didn't like what they're doing. And she dies again. <laughs> Except in See, episode all... 11, where, no, no, she wasn't dead. So, wait, who was that that just died? Because, well, in um, the end of season three, beginning of season four, when she sacrifices herself, it's another explosion, but you don't see the character died. It's implied she's dead. So when we see her back in 10, we assume that she's an Asuran clone, but we're not sure. So when she comes back in season, or episode 11, um, in um, Be All My Sins Remembered, it was, well, which one died? Was it the original who died? Was it a clone that died? We're never quite sure. Hmm. But she dies again, sort of, kind of, maybe. Or we see her back and she flies off, I think is what it is. And then in season five, Ghost in the Machine, she's back. Uh, but what turns out happened is she had sort of ascended digitally. I think they call it a digital ascension almost. Her replicator form tried to ascend, but didn't. And she's back in another form. And then she dies again. <laughs> so she comes back to save the team. I think this is, you know, season five was the last season of Atlantis. They knew it. And they wanted to give everyone who was dead another chance to wave goodbye to everyone. You know, they had already bought, brought back um, Dr. Beckett. He becomes a semi-regular character after his return in season four. He goes to Earth for a while, then he comes back to Atlantis. So he becomes a semi-regular character. And I think sure. it was just a... You know, they wrote Tori Higgins' role out, but they allowed her to come back when the plot allowed it or when they said, hey, you want to come back for another role for another turn as Repla Higgins? Sure, why not? So it wasn't so much that she left the show, but she left the show accepting her diminished role and came back as the plot determined. So she's back one, two, three times, four times as it were. Okay. 
and primarily in season four no she dies at the beginning of season four she's back in another form dying saving people but as she's kind of a replicator form and as we learn she's leading towards ascension in her own form in season five she comes back and i think she ultimately does die and fully ascend at that point but this is all part of the big um atlantis shakeups particularly in the command because we have samantha carter who takes over we have oh my now i can't remember um woolsey, woolsey who robert Picardo yeah, who comes in for season right, five he was actually part of stargate command for a while then he goes over to atlantis and takes over that's a, i like that character they turn that character from we don't like him to we like this guy he, he's yeah. never a villain but he's a bureaucrat but they do a nice job with that character but that's part of the yep. whole shakeups of the I won't say a rotating cast, but they they shake up the cast of Atlantis a lot more than they did with any of the other teams. You know, I have to say that I think that has been one of my struggles with Atlantis, especially when it was first airing. Um, this would have been what mid two thousands, yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, I was in the middle of my seminary education at that point in time, and so things were really challenging to watch TV. And with all of this cast shakeup, uh, it was hard to uh, stick with it and follow th- through because the characters that I loved were moving on, and, and then I had to get to new, know new people, and then old people that I knew before are coming back, and and I loved them, and but it's a new role and it's a different situation, and 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 I don't have time to watch episodes as they're coming, and and then I'm getting behind, and 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 yeah, and... I completely agree with you. There's a lot of sh- shows on right now that kind of do the same thing, and if you can't get invested because you've got too many other distractions and the cast is changing, it can be tough to maintain a uh, shall we say a relationship with a show like that. Yep. So, yep. I agree with you, and I think that's what happened with yeah. me with Atlantis. But um, I was fully vested. But in I'm it. looking yeah. forward to in what is it three years from now when we finally get to get to uh, finally get through Atlantis yeah. and, and work through it again. So I'm I'm looking forward. Now to that. the dynamic of uh, walking through the star- not that one. Uh... <laughs> chances. No. What I'm brain fading this here. This one, the other side of the no. gate. No, no, walking what? through the Stargate. Your your show. Yeah. That's where you started. Yeah, I, yes. Sorry, brain fade. <laughs> the dynamic of your show is going to change at that point because at some point neither of you have going to seen the episode. Yeah. So you're both going to be watching true. for the first time, at least with you know yep. the end of Atlantis in with into universe. So it should yep. be interesting to listen through that. Um. But yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. To you, dear listener. Uh, this episode here is going to drop in a few days from now as soon as uh, David can get it edited and you Patreon listeners will get this. Tomorrow, as we record this, we are going to record our recap of Season 5 and so you'll hear me and Brent and David, all three of us will be there. David, you said that you had a another trivia thing for yeah, I us. I do. I got... um, Julie will not be joining oh. us for this time. Um, just life is happening and, and so... but. You know, she'll be back another right. time for something else. Um, and then next week, today's the 20... Tomorrow's the 20... Today's the 23rd. Fourth. Yeah. Today's the 23rd, tomorrow 24th. Uh, 
in the beginning of May, we will actually start season six, and then we'll keep going. And I am very much looking forward nice. to it. So please join us. And if we missed out on any what you feel are important deaths, please be sure to point out our shortcomings. I got no problem with that. Uh, I think we hit all the major impactful character deaths, but if you feel like, how could you not talk about the guy who died at the beginning of season one? That was an important plot point. Okay. But if we missed anything, please let us know. And if you have any ideas for upcoming shows, uh, something you want us to deep dive into, please let us know. We want to try to become a little bit more regular. I think like with the Walking Through the Stargate podcast, we took a longer break than we had originally intended. So, so yep. we want to get a little bit more regular, but unlike walking through the Sargate where we just ha where you just have, we're going to talk about this episode. We need stuff to talk about. <laughs> we need things. We need yep. ideas. So please let us know. S tell us any way of your favorite methods to get a hold of us. Otherwise, it's just up to us to come up with stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, hope you enjoy this and future podcasts of this series yep. and stuff. I'm babbling, so I'm going to stop now. <laughs> well, you got to say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. We have got the best jobs in the world, don't we? I'm going to hit the shower. I'm going to find a doctor. We are indeed suitably employed. Yeah, it was a good day.